Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. You've heard the expression, those old preachers that preached hell, fire, and damnation. And where are they now? Well, they've been pretty well superseded by the prosperity gospel. It's all money now. When we go into the Word of God, in Revelation 14, there's so many things that we can miss the mark on. And the truth is that God will send no one to hell. Not that we won't go there. But hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. If we go there, we'll go there as trespassers. It was never created for us, for mankind. Howbeit, because of disobedience, we judge ourselves unworthy of eternal life. The ungodly will be convicted of all their ungodly deeds once they've ungodly committed. Well, and then the Lord will say, don't go to hell, depart from me, you that work iniquity. I never knew you. Well, he didn't say go to hell, but what he did say was to be absent from the Lord then there is utter darkness, for God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Now we see there in Revelation 14 that we see that the ones that do not obey the truth but miss that mark. And we'll talk about some of the ways to miss that mark. As we see here in Revelation 14, we find that we, in chapter 14, they have uh, the seed of God, the generation that has their father's name written in their forehead. They received uh, that apocalyptic sealing in Revelation 7, having the seal of God in their forehead. It is essential for salvation, but it's a progressive growth, going from faith to faith, from glory to glory, even it's by the Spirit of the Lord. We have to be fully in the image of Jesus Christ in order to have access to the kingdom of heaven. Very few understand that. They think, well, it's just one verse. I believed in Jesus. I'm saved. That's it. But that's a lie. We have to obey unto righteousness and do the will of God unto holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Holiness is the divine nature of God. Well, these exceedingly great and precious promises are given to us whereby that we will escape the corruption of the world through lust and be made partakers of his divine nature. The epistle of Peter tells us this. In John, in the book of the Revelation, says uh, that the ones that worship the beast and the image of the beast, which is a number of a man, will be damned. And we see that number of a man, it's the number of the beast, the number of a man, and let him that hath wisdom count, reckon up the number of the beast. For his number is 600, three score and six. It is not six, six, six. It is 600, three score and six. Written with, the Greek letters, key, 
ZXI, written as a serpent ready to strike, ZXI, and 6, stigma, which is the number of man. The original stigma was the number of mankind. Basically, the number reveals that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh. 600 is the number of Christ. Key, 600. Jesus Christ, the God of glory, is come in the fleshes of God. That would be a key stigma. 606, Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. And that is the spirit of uh, truth. We see that in 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4. Hereby try you the spirits to see whether they are of God. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, 600, key, is come in the flesh, stigma, 6, is of God. Any spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ, key, is not the 60, rebellion, come in the flesh, stigma, is not of God and is that spirit of Antichrist. That's his mark. These are damnable heresies denying the only Lord God. Now let's take a look at it. So we miss the mark. Does that mean a God of love is going to destroy those that thought they were serving the true and living God? Are they going to hell? How important is it to know and hit the mark, not the aloft, not the beginning of your race, but the top, the very end of the race, overcoming to the end, the aloft through the top in all the attributes of God growing up into Jesus, who is the aloft through the top, the alpha to the omega, the A through the Z, and expects us uh, to be a partaker of his divine nature in all attributes. What if we miss that mark? What if we followed God through the aloft, through the Lamed, but we didn't go all the way through the top? Well, then we're not fully grown. We haven't done the will of God. And that is the dilemma that many will find themselves in that we have to hunger and thirst after righteousness. It's not just hunger and thirst, but do hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And righteousness has to be obeyed unto holiness. You see that in Romans 6, and that's one of the greatest lies that has been taught in the denominal church world is that there are no works. There are no works that accompany salvation. There are no works that through grace reigns through righteousness, and righteousness has to be obeyed unto the full measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. Now, the newborn babes are unskillful in the word of righteousness. They don't understand that, that you have to grow up into him in all things, in all truth. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is true. And sanctification is through obedience to the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. Well, it says very simply, 
the ones that are deceived and miss that mark. They're not overcoming to the end in all things and all truth. Not doing the will of God, just as Jesus said in Matthew 7, not all the saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. But only those that do the will of God. Now, that's not a general will. That's the individual calling of each member in particular, according to the faith that's been delivered to, to each member. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Not a short measure. Whatever he's called you for individually in the body of Christ, he has given you the faith, the ability to enable you through faith to do the will of God and according to his purpose, fulfilling his will, not our will, his will. And in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, in the Constitution of the Kingdom of Heaven, Jesus states exactly what it makes. He is going to be able to the ones that have obeyed unto righteousness, unto holiness, to obtain the Kingdom of Heaven and have entrance into the Kingdom of Heaven. And he says there in Matthew 7, Not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter into the Kingdom of Heaven but only those that have done the will of God. They will begin to profess unto Jesus, Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. In thy name, we've cast out devils. In thy name, we prophesied. Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. It will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, he didn't say go to hell, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched, as we see in Mark, the gospel according to Mark. But he said, depart from me, to, to be departing from Jesus and not be able to enter into life in that first resurrection. Then there is nothing left but death. And that is the second death. Blessed, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. The second death is a resurrection of the dead. There's a resurrection of life. Those will be in the first resurrection. But after the millennial, all will be resurrected and will go before the judgment seat of Christ in the white throne judgment. As we see here in Revelation 14, John tells us, the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, that is, that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh, not given Jesus the glory of the Father, that he is that spirit, that he is the Christ, and whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, 1 John 5, 1, and they don't confess that. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh, and they have not confessed the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. But even then, no man calling Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. And these, in Matthew 7, call Jesus Lord. The Father of glory, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. The omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. The blessed, omnipotentate, who only hath immortality. Dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. 
These have not believed on the name of the Son of God because the name of the Son of God is Jehovah, Lord. So we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God hath raised him from the dead, then we will be saved. Well, Jesus stated there still another requirement, another requisite. And that is that not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Even that you know that Jesus in the revelation is the father of glory. He just said, if you don't know me, you don't know the father. The words that I speak are not mine, but the father that dwelleth in me, he's the one doing the works. If you see me, you've seen the father. And how sayest thou then, showeth the father, Philip. He that has seen me has seen the father. The words that I speak are not mine, but the father dwelling in me, housing permanently in me. He's the one doing the works. He's the one doing uh, the works that you see in resurrection miracles. That he is the resurrection and the life, Jesus Christ. He said, if I with the finger of God cast out devils, know ye the kingdom of God's come down to you. And believe me that I'm in my father, my father in me, Jesus said, or else believe me for the very work's sake. What works? The works of the spirit, the works of the Holy Ghost. He healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils, open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walk, and the captive went free. Blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me, Jesus said. Well, we did not, those that did not believe on the name of the Son of God, Jesus, Jehovah, is salvation, but they replaced it with Jehovah Jr., a second person of the Godhead. And therefore, they missed the mark. And inadvertently, maybe not intentionally, but being deceived, worshiped the image of the beast, saying, uh, that Jesus Christ is not the father of glory that has come in the flesh and is coming and is still coming in the flesh. First John 4, verse 1 through 3. Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, present in perfect tense, still coming in the flesh, is of God. Well, he is the father of glory, still coming in the flesh. Galatians 4, 6, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, whereby we cry, have a father, for the spirit of the son is the spirit of the father. They are two different offices of the one spirit. And it seems that the world has told us there's two spirits there, or two persons in this one God, and thereby missing the mark, not giving Jesus the man, the glory of the father, that he is that blessed and only potentate. 1 Timothy 6.15, that he is the God of glory. Acts 2.36, that all the house of Israel know surely that same Jesus, the man whom you crucified, God hath made him, the man, both Lord, Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, there's only one Lord, and Christ, the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory, the mystery of godliness, the mystery of the God life, Christ in you, the hope of glory, Colossians 1.27. Hmm. Well, what if we just miss the mark a little bit? I mean, God is love after all. He's not going to send anybody to hell. No, he's not going to send anybody to hell. We send ourselves. 
we have to depart from him. Being convinced of all of our ungodly deeds, which we've ungodly committed. And he says, John states that many of the old time ministers of God that did not preach nor fear nor favor, but preached the incorruptible seed of the word of God told us about hell, fire, and brimstone. They preached hell that it was hot and it was forever. But we don't hear that anymore. Why? Well, they say Jesus didn't preach on it. Yes, he did. He mentioned uh, hell, damnation, separation from him more than he preached on heaven. There we see in Revelation 14, verse 9, John tells you he very expressly declares very plainly the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast in his image. Somebody said, I'm not going to worship the beast and not his image. Well, if you believe in a trinity, three person, one God, but three persons in that Godhead, you've denied the only Lord God. Somebody said, how's that? Well, John tells us that in Revelation 16, 13. These are three unclean, the trinity, the trinity of the frogs of the person. What are these three? These three are, three spirits are spirits of the devil. Spirits of the devil. Well, take a look at it. Revelation 16, 13, he said, I saw three unclean, not clean, holy spirits. Three divine persons of the Godhead. Three God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. There's no such thing. The Son of God, yes. Who is the Father, the Holy Ghost, revealed in the power of God and in the administrative office of the Father, Jesus said, I am. And my Father are one. We're the same Spirit, John 10, 30. He stated, he is the Father, John 8, 24. They asked Jesus, where is your Father? Jesus did not bite his tongue and mince with words. He stated very plainly, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Hmm. This they understood not. He spake to them of the Father. John 8, 24, John 8, 27. They still don't understand it today in a Pharisee, a Pharisee spirit. That is denying the only Lord Jesus is the Father of glory. And that's the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ that was declared to us through his holy apostles and prophets, as Paul stated in Ephesians 3. The mystery of Christ as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets. What is it? That mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in him are hid all treasures and wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2, 1 through 9. Let no man spoil you through vain deceit, philosophy of men, after the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. They haven't so learned Christ. They haven't been established in the doctrine of Christ because it was never taught. It was taught that they could have money. Just believe on Jesus and you'll be rich. You'll have houses on the hilltop and you may even come up to where the pastor is and have a jet airplane. <laughs> what a joke. Well, 
the true believers of God, they don't buy it. They're not deceived. They know they've been duped, and they, stranger, they will not follow, knowing the name of Jesus. They know his voice. They're not newborn babes. They're not just little children know that he's the father. They are the ones that in Romans 12, they have presented their bodies a living sacrifice, the only acceptable to God, which was a reasonable service. They're not conformed to this world. They're transformed by the renewing of their mind. They did not buy the lie. They feel good about yourself when we have to crucify the self with the affections of the lust, mortifying the deeds of the flesh. They knew that any man loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him, though they came out of the world. The lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh, and the world passed away, but the lust thereof, but whosoever, whosoever doeth the will of God, not just hears about it, but does it. Does the will of God will live forever. Well, what do the old true men of God, women of God believe? Well, they said, as John spoke in Revelation 14, verse 9, if any man worship the beast and his image, these three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, another personage, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, another personage, three persons. They are the spirits of devils, what? Working miracles. So they work a miracle. So what? Do you have to confess uh, that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, that he is the father of glory, that you are crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust in order that Christ may shine through you? And the spirits of devils working miracles, signs, and lying wonders, which go forth unto all the kings of the earth and of the whole world to ultimately gather them to the great battle of the great day of God Almighty called Armageddon. Now, everyone knows and heard of Armageddon. They're gathering all nations into the plains of Megiddo. Well, the ones that were deceived, they didn't mean to be. They just did not understand how Jesus is the Father, and they can only understand that through the leading of the Holy Ghost. No man comes to Jesus except the Father draw. That Jesus is the Father, as he stated, that he is the Almighty God. That's stated in the first book, the first chapter of the book of the Revelation, Revelation 1.8. He's Alpha and Omega the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and has come, the Almighty God. The Almighty is only one. He is that God. He is that Spirit, 2 Corinthians 3.17. The Lord is that Spirit. Who's the Lord? Jesus Christ only. Well, those worship that beast in his image, that Trinity, that three-person God, and receive his mark in his forehead, or in his hand. Somebody said, I haven't received that mark. Well, it's a spiritual mark. Yes, there's something you receive. We receive Jesus by faith and Christ in us, the hope of glory. The mystery of godliness. What is that? You've received the mark. What is that mark? It's your belief system. It is that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh. 
PV stigma, 600, three score, and six. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. That's the wrath of God, the wheel of the cart and the horseman. In Isaiah 28, which is the wrath of God. Now, we, as a body of Christ, the bread corn is bruised, the appointed barley and the rye are beaten out with the rod and the staff. We're appointed to the rod and the staff of God, the chastening rod of God, so that we will not be condemned of the world. Good. We don't fear God, uh, the God of this world that has power to kill the body, but cannot destroy the soul in hell. We fear him, God Almighty. Not the God of this world, not the prince of the power of the air. We fear the only true God, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, the blessed and only potentate, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit, Jesus Christ, the man who's made a quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. We believe that not only does he have power to kill the body, but we fear him that has power to destroy the soul in hell simply through disobedience. And the ones that worship this beast and his image, not giving Jesus the glory of God, the Father of glory, it's poured out without measure, and to the cup of his indignation. The people of God will be here on the earth, but they will enter to their chambers. The word of God, they ark to the saving of their souls until the indignation be overpassed. God said, enter my people into thy chambers, the priest chambers that you have made in the word of God and the sealing of the Holy Ghost. Sealed with the name of the Father written in their foreheads, the mind of Christ. Enter thy into thy chambers. Hide thyself a little while until the indignation be overpassed, God's wrath be overpassed, and my anger ends in their destruction, not the body of Christ, the Antichrist, all that came against the true Christ. And it says that this wrath of God is poured out without mixture, into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented. The man that disallows that God is the father of glory, Jesus Christ, the only true God in eternal life. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone. What the old men of God and the true believers of God really believed. They will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. How long will this be? And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. Well, somebody said, well, that that can't be. I mean, we'll just be burned up and that's it. Annihilation. They believe in the doctrine of annihilation. But Mark denies that. And we'll see that in the gospel according to Mark. And it says there that their torment ascended up forever and ever. They have no rest. There's no end to this. No rest day nor night. Who worship the beast and his image? Somebody said, I'm not worshiping the beast. If you call Jesus the Father of glory, that he is the Holy Ghost, that he is that quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45, that he's the blessed and only potentate, 
that he is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit of God. He is the Lord. Second Corinthians three seventeen. Yes. But then you have to obey and do the will of God. We all do. If we don't do the will of God. Then even, and we know that Jesus is the father of glory, that he is the God almighty, the omnipotent, omniscient, all knowing, omnipresent everywhere spirit. Jesus is then if we do not do the will of God, even knowing that, we still don't have access to the kingdom of heaven and ultimately will be cast into outer darkness. It will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. How straight is this gate? Few that be saved, Lord. Strive to enter in at the straight gate, that narrow gate. Straight is the gate and there the way that leads the life. Few that be that find it. Well, you have to seek for it diligently with all your heart. All of us do. So that we will all be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, both spirit, soul, and body. The ones that do not, he says, depart from me, you that work iniquity. You didn't do the will of my father. You didn't do the will of God. They'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's just what he says here. There's no rest day nor night who worship thee in his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. What is the name? Jesus Christ is not come the flesh. That's his name. It's a key statement. It's in defiance that Jesus is the father of glory, that he is the only God Almighty, and there's not another. Well, we see it again. There's a resurrection of the just and the unjust. We see that uh, in when you look at all the uh, those souls that thought thought they were right with God, they were convinced they were going to heaven. They believed with an intellectual consent that Jesus is uh, the Son of God, not having the revelation that He's the Father revealed states there very simply that these ones in uh, Revelation 19, verse 21, and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, whose sword proceeded out of his mouth, and the fowls were filled with their flesh. And what was it? Well, in Revelation and 20, Revelation 20, the white throne, and it says very simply, at the white throne judgment after the millennial, that death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the ones that are counted worthy of the first fruits of the first resurrection. This second death hath no power over them. But whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Oh, goodness. Well, it states there, this lake of fire that burns forever and ever where the worm dies not in the fire is not quenched. You'll see in Revelation 21 on that second death, he that overcometh is going to inherit all things, all things that God spoke in the promises of God. And God said, I'll be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful 
and the unbelieving. Somebody said, well, I believe. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ is the Son of Man. Christ is the Son of God. Christ is every office of the Spirit of God. Everything and all that relates to God from the Aloth to the Tav, the Alpha to the Omega in Greek, the A to the Z in English, all the attributes of God, that is Jesus Christ in every office, Father, Word, Holy Ghost, Son of God, Son of Man. He is all Christ. And the unbelieving and the abominable murderers that murder the body of Christ, maybe not with a, with a pistol, not with a sword, but yet railed against the body of Christ and persecuted them. Spiritual murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers. Sorcerers are one that worked in the gifts, spirits of devils working miracles through sorcery. And idolaters and all liars saying that Jesus Christ is not the Father. That's a lie shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. There's that fire and brimstone again, which is the second death. Well, thank God, bless it, and holds heat that part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. Well, what are they doing that is worthy of such a faith? Well, we see there even... The young women. Watch that so many different things that God requires of us to believe, trust in his word, and obey. Do we have to obey? Yes, we do. Grace requires obedience, which very few understand, because in Romans 5, by one man's disobedience, sin came to Rome, death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Jesus is that servant who is the Father, the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, you see that in Philippians 2, 6 through 8, Isaiah 43, verse 10 through 17. Thus saith the Lord, Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And my servant whom I have chosen. Well, that certainly sounds like another person because he chose that person. He chose that servant. Until you read what God says. What a seminary said. Not what some bishop or some apostle said, or some prophet, or some worldly denomination. Thus saith the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand. Believe God and have the perfect understanding that I am he. God is that servant? Yes. Before me, there was no God formed. God said, Neither shall be after me. He's the one unique, only one God manifest in the flesh. Never be another. He is the only begotten Son, Monogamous Yules. Who is the only begotten God? Monogamous Theos. Who is the only begotten one? Monogamous Yaqid. And the E God is all the attributes of God from the Allah through the top, who is but one God, one spirit, many attributes. Who is this only begotten one? It's Jesus Christ. 
He is all that God is. Well, let's take a look at it. Here we have the widows. Paul talking to Timothy in 1 Timothy 5. And he says, verse, chapter 5, verse 11, but the younger widows refuse. Don't let them come upon the church. Why? For when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, the wantly fleshly desires of the world, they will marry. They made that vow, now they marry. If you made that vow, don't vow. Don't be rash in making a vow. In other words, yet your yea be yea and your nay nay. Whatsoever cometh more than this is sin. We don't just enter in and make a vow to God and then not pay it. And they made a vow to the church. They're as widows. And then they wax wanton and they marry. Well, somebody said, what's wrong with that? Well, verse 12, having damnation. Damnable, why? Because they have cast off their first faith. Don't make that vow. Don't make that vow to the church as Anna there, a prophetess, that saw in the days when Jesus was born, Simon, and also saw the Lord's salvation, God manifest in the flesh, and Anna the prophetess. Well, there, Paul said, now if they make that vow and it falls upon the church and they're less than three score, 60 years old, that they'll marry and they'll cast off that vow and they'll bring damnation upon themselves. There, there are to marry again and don't fall upon the church. We see again in the Lord's Supper, that Paul said, examine yourselves when you take of the bread and the wine, the bread, body, and the wine, the blood of Christ, and watch what he says. For as often as this cup is in the New Testament, in my blood, that you take it and break that bread, this you do, and as often you drink it, in remembrance of me, Jesus said. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he come. But watch it. We have to fear God. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. They're not discerning the Lord's body. Well, somebody said, well, surely God is love, and that's not an offense that would be judged and especially damnable. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup, for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, in other words, in obedience to the Holy Ghost, eateth and drinketh what? Damnation to himself. And that's what? We're to examine ourselves lest we be reprobate in the Spirit of Christ, not in us. Lest we be reprobate. Introspection. Examine ourselves. Search my heart, O God. 
if there be anything that is against you, O Lord. Then we come with a broken and humble, contrite spirit in contrition and confessing our sin before the Lord. And we're faithful in confessing our sins. He's faithful and just and cleanses us from all unrighteousness, forgiveness of that sin. 1 John 1, 9. But he said if we don't do that, and we just walk very loudly before the Lord in a pride heart and stiffened neck that we drink damnation to ourselves, not discerning the Lord's body. And he goes on and says, for this reason, many are weak and sickly among you. You've got sickness and many sleep because we're not we're not, we're judging, and we should not judge, uh, and we should not be judged if we judge ourselves. And that's what he's saying. There are many different things. Take a look at Romans 13. You'll find that the leaders that God has placed over the nations are the basis of sorts. Well, we're to pray for the governments because there's no power to be that's not ordained of God. Do we agree with all the leaders? We don't speak evil against them, regardless of who's in there. Regardless if you're libertarian, far left, far right, that makes no difference. It's God that you're serving. And him alone that you give your allegiance to God Almighty. And he says in Romans 13, watch what it says in an admonition for us the body of Christ. Let every soul and be subject into the higher powers. Now we're talking about civil government. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. In the last days, iniquity will abound. Lawlessness. Civil government will be thrown to the side. And chaos will prevail. Then the wicked one will be revealed. And by peace, taking the nations into a, an agreement of peace, and he will destroy many. But it says, whosoever, whosoever therefore resists the power in governmental, civil government, or the police force, or any of the civil governments, and therefore the peace there of a nation, local governments, city, or state, or federal, or global, for that matter, therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. Somebody said, well, so what? I have a right to blast anybody I don't agree with in authority. They that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Who? There's that damnation again. Separation from God. And he goes on and tells you why. The rulers there in the civil governments, be it local, state, federal, whatever the case is, are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Will thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good. Always do that which is good. And thou shalt have praise of the same. 
And we also notice that damnation and very, you know, speak evil of dignities as a natural brute beast. Notice there that these all, there require us to be obedient unto righteousness, unto holiness. We see in Romans 1, those that did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Now, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Even nature itself declares his eternal power in Godhead, which is but one. Not three persons, but one. So that they are without excuse. Even on the ones that's never heard the name of Jesus. We find that these in the nature, that we look at the creation of God, declares his eternal power in Godhead. And it utters, utters speech. And that to our heart, to our spirit. But those that they hold not this obedience unto the civil powers, they hold not this faith that was once delivered to the saints as true light that lighteth every man that cometh to the world, and they don't like to retain God in their knowledge. The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. How? Being understood by the things that are made. We understand that uh, the whole creation of God, from the amoeba all the way to the primate, there is a creator. And these invisible things of God are clearly seen. How do you understand it? By the things which are made. You clearly see it even his eternal power and Godhead, though that they are without excuse. When someone said they never heard the name of Jesus, they still saw the sun come up in the east and set in the west. They still saw all the ordinances of heaven that declare the handiwork of God, his eternal power and Godhead. And because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man. Somebody said, well, that Jesus, he was a man. He's not that he's not a corruptible man, even in his death. By him taking the ordinances of that law and nailing it to his cross, though he is the spirit of God that made himself of no reputation to work only as a man for our salvation made in under the law to redeem us that were under the law, he took the ordinance of that law, being tempted in all points, and nailed it to his cross, thereby making peace the spirit that he is, and he made him no reputation, so he could work as a man. Then was chosen and said, Father, in thy hands I commend my spirit, the man Christ Jesus, then broke down the middle wall of partition that parted God from man in his own body of flesh and blood. And literally shed his holy, righteous, uncorruptible blood, Therefore, us, that we might be made 
partakers of his divine nature, being in Christ, by Christ, and through Christ, our Lord. God Almighty, Jesus himself, the Father of glory. And by doing that, making peace. Well, they changed the glory of this uncorruptible, not incorruptible, uncorruptible, meaning that it could never be corrupted into an image made like a corruptible man, into birds, four-footed beasts, creeping things, and you'll see that all through mankind, viewing themselves out things made, and even doctrines of man, apologetics. These uh, doctrines of divinities and uh, PhDs of theology of man-made doctrine, not holding the doctrine of Christ, believing on him, whom he has sent, that is Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, Emmanuel, coming into the world, dying and going back to his former glory as the Father. And that is what God will destroy in the last days. He states it. The Lord hath promised. Paul stated in Hebrews 12. The Lord hath promised, yet once more, he shakes not only the earth, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. This, Romans 1, are man-made doctrines, man-made gods, professing themselves to be wise, come up with a trinity god in an ecumenical council of a synod in 325 A.D. under Constantine, after Caesar Neron, Caligula, all these uh, uh, Roman uh, emperors that call themselves gods, destroying the body of Christ and then hewn out a Trinity gospel, which was a total abomination to God. And because of that, next God-man and a demagogue of the 451 Chalcedonian definition of the God-man, that the Son of God, according to his Godhead, was begotten of the Father before the foundation world is total nonsense. A detestable lie that God will overturn, overturn, overturn it in the last day judgment of God and his seals, trumpets, and vows, revealing the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ and him only, the blessed and only potentate, omnipotent, almighty, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent spirit of God, Jesus Christ, to the glory of the Father. Well, what happens to them? Well, they're unthankful. They're unholy. Their foolish heart being darkened. And it says uh, that wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. They lusted after the world. The lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. The world passed away, but the lust thereof. And so do those that love the world. They dishonor their own bodies between themselves. They change the truth of God into a lie, worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Oh, God Almighty. Who is that? Romans 9, 5. According to the flesh, God came. Who is that? Notice in Romans 9, 5, when you see that revelation, in Revelation, I'm sorry, Romans 9, verse 4 and 5, it talks about the kinsman 
who are Israelites, to who pertain to the adoption and the glory, the nation of Israel, and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and of the promises. Verse 5, whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh to natural Israel, Christ came. Who is he? Who is over all? Who is this man? God. Bless forever. Amen. When you have that revelation, God manifests in the flesh, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, revealed. Well, what happened? Because they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, uh, Romans 1.28, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, doing those things which are not convenient. They're filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murders, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, and vendors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them, whose damnation is just. I'm, don't get mad at me. I'm simply a messenger that bring the news to you. Look at, uh, we look at John, and he tells us again that in John 6, he talks about the bread that came from heaven. That manna, not as your fathers did, eat and are dead, but the living bread, God Almighty, that came from heaven, the eternal Father of glory, the everlasting God, Jesus Christ. He is the everlasting Father, Isaiah 9, 6. But he says, For as the Father hath life in himself, that's John 6, 26, so he hath given to the Son to have life in himself. Why? Because he's manifesting life there in a permanent tabernacle, a permanent dwelling where God will abide forever. The word made flesh. That is uh, that word made and become monogamous flesh, sarka, the whole body, soul, and human spirit. He's given him authority. He's chose that servant the man Christ Jesus, who had to fulfill the law as a man made in under the law, God's own body of flesh, that he made himself of no reputation, laid aside all glory to be that man, fulfilled that law as a man made in under the law, as an Adam after the fall, because he loved us. And then after being tempted in all points, like as we are, then what does Jesus do? He lays down his life. He states it in John 2, 19. That uh, Jesus stated, destroy this temple. In three days, I will raise it up. I'll show you that I'm God. No man can raise up his own body except him being the God of glory, the Spirit of God, the, the eternal God Almighty, the Father of glory. Jesus stated the same. In days of his flesh, he's speaking as one of us. He told the disciples, I'm going to pray the Father give you another comforter, send you another comforter, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you 
and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. But he's got to be glorified. He's got to go back to the glory of the Father to do that, to be that spirit. And that's the reason Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus is the Holy Ghost. He's a God manifest in flesh. So it's expedient that he goes away. For if he goes not away and is glorified with the Father's own self, going back to his former glory, the Holy Ghost won't come. That's what he said. Uh, that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Glorified for what? The Father's own self, John 17, 5. Then he sends his spirit back. The spirit of the Son, the spirit of the Father, one of the same, Galatians 4, 6. And it's all authorities in Jesus Christ because he is the Son of Man. Who's that Son of Man? There's your revelation. It has nothing to do with flesh. It has everything to do with the spirit, the man that he is. John 3, 13. There's your Son of Man revelation. No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven, Jesus standing there talking to his disciples in the days of his flesh, stating he's in heaven. Why? Because the Son of Man is the kingdom office, that he is the power of God. And that's the reason he said, if I with the finger of God cast out devils, know ye the kingdom of God is come nigh to you. The kingdom of God is the power of God, the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said, if I had not done the miracles that no other man did, then had they not known sin. But now, because he worked those miracles, they have no cloak for their sin. Manifest that he is God. Watch what he says. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which uh, all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. Not Father's voice, his voice, Jesus, who is the Father. And shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life. That's the first resurrection. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of life of damnation. They will be raised so that they will burn forever where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. Well, notice what he says. In John 3, everybody quotes that. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him shall not perish, but have everlasting lives. That, and he goes on and says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved through him, in him, and by him. So he that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What's the only begotten Son of God? It's the only begotten God. It's the only begotten one. What's his name? Do you have you believed in the name? Somebody said, well, it's Jesus. But yes, but have you believed in the name? What's the name? What's in a name? The name and the name is the essence of who it is. 
That's the essence and the intrinsic value of the name, Jesus. G, Jehovah, Lord God Almighty, the Father of glory, the Word, Holy Ghost. Sus is salvation. Isaiah 42, my God is my salvation. Well, who is that? The Lord, my Redeemer, God, my Savior. Isaiah 43, 10, the Holy One of Israel, not a Holy Trinity. He's the only God that formed himself a body of flesh and blood, chose his servant that he is, and God said, that you may know and believe me and understand, God Almighty, that I am he, the servant, Isaiah 43, 10. Before me, there was no God formed. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. He stated it in Isaiah 59, 16, Isaiah 63, 5. He did it of himself. He worked salvation in and of himself alone in his own body of flesh that he received of Mary, a virgin. Well, what about it? Well, it says, for whom he whom God has sent speak of the words of God. Mm, what he sent? The word. He didn't send a second person to Godhead. God sent his word. The word became flesh, but it is God. Because Jesus created all things. Whether it be thrones, principalities, powers, things visible, invisible, all were created by Jesus Christ. Colossians 1, 16, 17. All things were made by him. Not anything without him was anything made that was made. That's Jesus. The word is the Father. You see it in 1 John 5, 7. It's three, the very record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. Heist. Not in union. Hoon. Heist. One of the self-same spirit. Well, somebody said, well, what if we don't? We just believe Jesus, but we missed it. We didn't know that he is the Father of glory. We believe what pastor said. And he had a degree. He had a doctor of divinity. He had a sheepskin there. And he had a denominal church in our denomination that was worldwide. Well, that won't cut it. That will not satisfy the Lord. It's not what you intend to do. It's what you did. And that is, the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Now, what thing? Everything that God, even God's own, he's glorified with the Father's own self. John 17, 5, Father, glorify thou me, the man, with thine own self. Everything that God is, the Father of glory, and he did. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus comes out of the tomb. All power in heaven and in earth is given to me. Hmm. That did not leave the Father powerless. That is the Father. The Son is the Father, the same Spirit, as you see in Galatians 4, verse 6. 2 Corinthians 3, 17, the Lord is that Spirit. That's the Father of glory. That is in us. Somebody said, I didn't know the Father was in us. Well, take a look at Ephesians 4. There's one body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is above all, Father of us all and in us all. Christ is the Father. Well, but Christ is the Son. Yes, I know that. One and the same. Not a second person or a different person of the Godhead. There's where we missed it. And God is restoring that faith to those that have an ear to hear and an eye to see and believe the Word of God. Anoint our eyes with thyself. Give us ears to hear and hearts to believe thy Word, O God. Well, what does he say? He that believeth in the Son 
hath everlasting life. Why? Because the Son is the Father. Jesus stated that in John 14. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. We need to know the Father, and that'll suffice. That'll be sufficient. That'll suffice us. Jesus said, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father, and how sayest thou then show us the Father? Believe me that I am in my Father, and Father in me, else believe me for the work's sake. Look at all the miracles I'm doing. The words that I speak are not mine. That's what he just said here. He said uh, that the words that the all things that the words that he has is given unto the Son, which is the Father revealed. The, the Father is an invisible spirit. The Son is that Father revealed, the express image of his singular one person, Hebrews 1, verse, verse 3. The express image of his person, not persons, person, singular. For the Father nor the Son giveth all things in his hand, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Why? Because he believes that Jesus is the Christ. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ is all. Well, 1 John 2, 22. Who is a liar, but he denied that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that hath denied both the Father. Why? Because Christ is the Father. He is that invisible spirit. And he is the Son. What is that? The Son is now made, what? A quickening spirit, which is now the spirit of the Father. The spirit of the Son is one the same. And that's where you have 1 John 2.22. The Antichrist says that Jesus is not the Father. You acknowledge the Son, 1 John 2.23. You have the Father also, because the Son is the Father revealed. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Believe it, that Jesus said what he said. It meant what he, meant what he said, said what he meant. That if you believe that I am he, the Father of glory, you'll die in your sins. You shall die in your sins, John 8, 24. John 14, he states to, Peter, to, to Philip, he that seen me, seen the Father. The words I speak are not mine, the Father dwelling. Housing me, permanently in me, he's the one doing the works. He states there in John 16, I'll no more pay the Father for you. Because I'm glorified with the Father. I'm not going to pray the Father for you. You ask him my name, and I say, now I'll pray the Father for you, for the Father loveth you, because you've loved me. And has given all things unto me. He's chose that man. Who is that man? That he chose. Well, God said it's him. Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the invisible, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, Spirit of God, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand, I am he. That's short circuits in the world. We know that. It's not a worldly revelation. It is the revelation of Jesus from the Father, Jesus himself. And you cannot see it except God opens our eyes and on our eyes with ourselves, give us ears to hear this word, and convert and be healed, that Jesus is the Father of glory. But not only that, then we've got to do the will of God. 
These are things that Jesus has stated in the word, which he is the word from Genesis to Revelation. In the volume book, it is written to me, I come to do thy will of God for a body that has prepared me. God prepared himself a body. Isaiah 43, 10, before me there was no God form, neither shall be after me. See thou that I am God thy Savior, the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, not a holy trinity. That's what God's doing now. To those that have an ear to hear the Jesus-only doctrine of Christ, that he works salvation in himself alone, according to Isaiah 59, 16, Isaiah 6, 3, 5. Now, there'll be ones that'll be established in a trinity doctrine who will not, through the pride of their own heart, will not give Jesus the glory of the Father. In Revelation 3, 21, him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's a place I prepared for you. Where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, not S-I-T in a position, set, but S-E-T, settled. Set down with my Father in his throne. All power in heaven and earth given unto him. If we don't believe that, the wrath of God abides on us. Take a look at uh, Luke 20, verse 45. Then in the audience of all the people, Jesus said unto his disciples, Beware of the scribes, which desire to walk in long robes, love greetings in the markets, and the high seats in the synagogue and the chief rooms at feast. Dignus, they have to be the leaders, which devour widows' houses, uh-oh, and for a show make long prayers, long-winded prayers, let you know that they are calling on God. <laughs> the same shall receive greater a greater what? Greater damnation. There's different degrees of hell. Those that knew the will of God and didn't do it will be beaten with many stripes. Those that did not do the will of God and didn't do it will be beaten with few stripes. So much is given, much is required. We are to give the more earnest heed to list to these scriptures, these promises, lest any one of them slip us. We may come short of entering into his rest. Now, let's take a look at uh, Mark 12. And it says there, <clears throat> we find that Jesus talking about uh, the commandments, all the commandments that he gave. And he says again, same thing that we just saw a while ago. Mark says the same in Mark 12, verse 38, and he said unto them in his doctrine, to them that were in the Jesus doctrine, beware of the scribes, which love to go in long clothing. They love salutations in the marketplaces, the chief seats in the synagogues and the uppermost seats in the feast, which devour widows' houses, and for pretense make long prayers. They shall receive a greater damnation. Mm -mm -mm. There is degrees of damnation. When you see there in Mark, then somebody said, well, 
We believe in annihilation. That God's not going to burn anybody forever. Where they have no rest day nor night, as stated in Revelation. We just don't believe that. It's as if Sodom and Gomorrah have given us an example today of suffering uh, a eternal fire and vengeance. They say, well, is Sodom and Gomorrah burning today? No, so it's annihilation. You just burned you up. You're as though you never were, and don't worry about it. You don't have to burn forever. Well, it's not what it says in the book of Revelation. They rest not day nor night, being tormented in that fire and brimstone. Mark says the same thing. Very few will preach it, like the old men of God did. Circuit preachers, hell, fire, and damnation. Brimstone. Here's what it says. Look at it. <clears throat> it says uh, in Mark 9, verse, let's take 42 on, and whosoever shall offend, shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me. Have you done it one of the least of these, my brethren? Jesus said, you've done it unto me. It is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he was cast into the sea. Watch this. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. Cut it off. Well, you'd have to be crazy. Well, it's better for you to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell. Into the fire that never shall be quenched. Somebody said, well, that's just the fire. Watch it. Next verse. Where their worm dieth not. Those skin worms eat this body. Yet God resurrects it. In that resurrection of damnation, you get that body back and it's going to be somewhere forever. If you're in the first resurrection, you will not taste of the second death. If you're in that second resurrection of damnation, you will be cast in Gehenna, the lake of fire. Now we need to fear God. It says where their worm dieth not. That's their body that's been resurrected. And the fire is not quenched ever. Don't even turn it down. You don't quench it. There's no water turned on the fire to quench that fire. It burns hot and it's brimstone. Take a look at a volcano and the brimstone comes out, the hottest of ash. And you think that we that do not obey God and wind up in hell are going to be able to flea bargain with God? I think not. Jesus is very plain in what he says. Everything God does, he does forever. So don't believe this. You're going to be here today, and then, boom, God didn't take you. Well, that's okay. You're annihilated as though you never were. That's a lie. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It's better for thee to enter into life, into that life, halt, or without one foot, than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Said it the second time. Now he's got the hand, he's got the feet. The hand's what you put your work to, the feet you're walking God. Then if that eye offend thee, he didn't say his eyes, eyes. But watch what he says. If that eye be single, that's eye to your spirit. If thine eye be single, the whole body's full of light. If thine eye be darkness, how great is that darkness? But he's talking about that eye as a wandering eye. 
That's the eye to the soul, the things of this world. And if I offend thee, if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Again, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Mm-mm-mm. It sounds that the Lord means business. Take a look, Mark 3 and 29. There's many different sins, blasphemy, disesteeming God, not calling Jesus the Father of glory. That's a damnable heresy. We'll see when we wrap this up there in this podcast today. Take a look at Mark 3 and those that blaspheme against the Holy Ghost, verse 29. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost, a power of God, a demonstrable miracle, and they attribute that to the devil. Blaspheming, disesteeming the Holy Ghost. Calling the power of God, the power of Satan, is an unforgivable, unpardonable sin. He that blasphemes against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. There's no forgiveness in this world, neither in that which is to come. Take a look again in Matthew 25. We have the nations before God. Not the church, the nations. On the right, he has the sheep. Those are the righteous nations. On the left, the goats, the unrighteous nations. Then he will say there in Matthew 25, and you did want it to the least of these, uh, to Jesus' brethren, the church of the living God, you've done it unto him. But the nations that come against God's people, and they will in the last days. You'll be hated of all nations for his name's sake. Well, Jesus has already given the judgment. The verdict is already there, the statute, and the, the, uh, uh, the precedent's already been set. And what does he do? He states that in Matthew 25. The sheep on the right, the goats on the left, righteous nations on the right, unrighteous nations on the left. And... Uh, Then he will say to the sheep on his right hand, those righteous nations, the nations that feared God, they're not in the church, but they understood that the church, they were merciful to the church. They supplied food, clothing, and shelter whenever they could. The earth helped a woman, the church. And... He says, then shall the king say unto them, the righteous nations on his right hand, come you blessed my father, enter the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That kingdom is not Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the kingdom of the millennial kingdom age for the nation Israel and the righteous nations will all be blessed in Israel. Well, why did they get to go in? Jesus said, for I was hungered and you gave me meat. 
That means the body of Christ. You've done one of the least of these, my brethren. You've done to me. The body of Christ, they were hungered. You gave them meat. Jesus said, I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. You were favorable and merciful to the body of Christ. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in the prison, you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer them, saying, these righteous nations now, remember, it's the nations, gathering all nations, verse 32. These are the righteous nations. God's judging the nations. Then shall the righteous answer him, verse 37, saying, Lord, when we saw thee hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave you drink, when saw we thee a stranger and took you in or naked and clothed you, when was this? Or when saw we that you were sick or in prison and we came unto you, the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you have done it to the one of the least of these, my brethren, the church, the body of Christ, you have done it unto me because Christ lives in that body. They're dead to the, to the flesh, but alive unto God. Christ liveth in them by faith, through the faith of the Son of God. Then, shall he say unto them on the left hand. These are the unrighteous, unholy nations. Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire. Prepared for the devil and his angels. It was not prepared. God did not create hell for the church or for mankind. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. It states that. How be it? Hell hath enlarged itself because of the disobedience to God, our Lord Jesus. For I was a hunger, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger. Remember, these are the unrighteous nations. And you took me not in, naked, and you clothed me not, sick and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer Jesus, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, thirst, stranger, naked, sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto you. Then shall he answer them in saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of these or the least of my brethren, you did it not unto me. And these, watch what it says, the unrighteous nations that came against the body of Christ in the last days, they did not help the woman. They did not help the remnant of her seed that keeps the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. These shall go away into everlasting punishment, everlasting, but the righteous into life eternal, life eternal through the kingdom age. That's right. Here we go again and all through. Look at Matthew 13 and verse 50. <clears throat> well, again, look at verse 49. So shall it be at the end of the world. Now, these are the seven parables of Jesus that are progressive parables. We have a teaching on that. You can go and check it out on Matthew 13, the several progressive parables of Jesus, talking about the parables of the kingdom going greater, greater, faith to faith from glory to glory. And he states there, in the last one, 
You've already gone, bought that pearl of great price, sold everything you had. The sold out ones that will be God's uh, chosen ones that will preach this everlasting gospel of the world for a witness in all nations. Then the end will come. Then the very last thing that will be the net. They will preach this everlasting gospel to all the world. At that time, that's the net that will be scattered over all the world. The gospel of the kingdom of Jesus. And in uh, Matthew 13, verse 47, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net. This is the last progressive parable of Jesus that was cast into the sea, all the world, multitude, kindreds, nations, and tongues, and gathered of every kind, all kinds of fish, which when it was full, they drew to shore. That's the last day gospel to all nations. And they sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world, the angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said to them, have you understood all these things, these things of faith, what it takes to make it? And they said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Look at Peter one more time. I'm closed. Why are we preaching on hell, damnation? Hell, fire, and brimstone. Because we need the fear of God. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go to hell. But yet there will be many going there. It'll be a mistaken identity. There'll be deception. Now, we can't cover all that Jesus said about departing from him, everlasting destruction, fire, brimstone. It's, it would take much more than just a podcast to do that. But to get the idea of why we need to fear God and keep his commandments, that's the whole duty of man. To do the will of God, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in us both the will and the do of his good pleasure. And if we don't do the will of God individually for each individual member, doing the will of God and the purpose we're set for, in which every individual member in particular will be fitly framed together so that the eye can't say the foot, I have no need of thee. Because God has put the more abundant honor on the less comely parts that be no chism or division in the body. And then he will compact it, seal it. And it will be the edifying of itself in love according to the measure of every part. And they will be provoking each one unto good works, lifting up Jesus only, the true God and eternal life and not a trinity doctrine. And that's exactly what Peter's saying here. Second Peter 2, and I'm closed. It says, but there will be false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, the church. They shall privily bring in damnable heresies, doctrines, uh, and seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, doctrines of men, take teaching that this touch not, handle not, and taste not, doctrines of men for the doctrine of God. They'll bring in damnable heresies, even denying the only Lord God that bought them, denying the Lord Jesus that he's the only true God and eternal life, the blessed only potentate, first. Timothy 6, 15 and 16, who only hath immortality, just as Jude stated. 
there, there are certain men crept in unawares among the body of Christ, just as Paul stated in Acts 20, 29. After my departure, grievous wolves shall come in, not sparing the flock, speaking perverse things. Well, is God going to say that's all right? They did it in my name? No. They'll deceive many in my name, Jesus said. Well, Peter says, yeah, just the same that Jude did, same that Paul did, that these certain men have crept in unawares uh, who were foreordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, changing the uh, grace of our Lord Jesus Christ into lasciviousness, unnatural, unlawful affections, things on the world, not on things above, telling that the gospel of Jesus is money, mammon. You have the things of the world, which is a lie. And what? Denying the only Lord God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Jude states that. Peter goes on and says, they're even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves what? Swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth, the way of truth, the truth, the life, Jesus only. And Jesus warned us in John 16, Yea, the time will come. He says, I have forewarned you that you should not be offended. The time will come. They're going to deliver you up out of the synagogues, out of the churches. They're going to cast your name out for evil. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever kills you will think that he did God a service. That's how deceived they are. These things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me, that Jesus is the Father, as he stated in John 8, 24, John 14, John 10, 30, uh, as as Jesus stated all along, except you believe in I am he, you'll die in your sins, that he is the Christ, that he is the God manifest in flesh, the Emmanuel who was born in the city of David, Christ the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty. They will bring in damnable heresies. Watch what he says, verse 3, and I'm closed. And uh, the way of truth will be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, actors, hypocrites, whose judgment now of a long time, they've been doing this a long time, lingers not, and their damnation slumbereth not. They will be damned. Damnable heresies, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They will bring upon themselves swift destruction. Well, we, I know it's not a popular message, hellfire, brimstone, but it's still the word of God. We want to make sure that we, our, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, will be able to go and be invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb where we will inherit all things. That we've done good, we'll be rewarded. Well done, thou good and faithful servants, and down to the joy of the Lord. But the ones that have not done, done the will of God, he'll say, depart from me, you that work iniquity, I never knew you. Depart from him, there's no other place except hell. You're either in him or not. Gather or scatter, Serve the Lord or do not. It's very simple. Either for or against. Well, Peter stating there along with Paul, along with Jesus himself and John in the book of the Revelation, that if we don't, each one of us do not do the particular will and purpose of God for each of our individual lives according to the faith given to us, according 
to the calling of God in our lives, then we will not be able to enter the gates of heaven. That's very, very, uh, it, some it'll be painful. It'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, a crying out, and the most uh, miserable of all men because they've missed the mark. A mistaken identity, thinking they had heaven made and being thrust out forever. Where the worm dieth not, the fire is not quenched into hail, fire, and brimstone. Where the, where the fire is never quenched and the worm does not, and the worm dieth not. That is the body. At second uh, resurrection, but not the first. First resurrection is that of life. The second is a resurrection of damnation. It's the second death. They'll be heard of it. And that Gehenna will be the ultimate fire that will be forever, everlasting to everlasting. There's a God of love. He doesn't send anybody to hell. We do it ourselves. The gift of eternal life is given to us. All we have to do is obey God unto righteousness, which will yield the principal fruits of holiness, doing the will of God, working out our salvation, our own salvation with fear and trembling knowing that it's God that worked in us both the willing to do of his good pleasure. If this has been where the Holy Ghost has bore witness with your spirit that this is the word of God, we love to hear from you. We have many, many, well, even thousands of pastors and leaders and ministers in both Africa and India, not counting Pakistan, Nepal, Philippines, uh, Australia, etc., New Zealand, that are following the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the true God and eternal life, Jesus' only doctrine of Christ, that he is the person of God, not a trinity, not a binary, not a oneness doctrine, where the man is God, the Jesus' only doctrine, that the man is both Lord and Christ, Acts 2.36. He's the blessed and only potentate. We need your help. If God deals with you, join me as we bring this gospel to all the world for witness and to all nations. And that is India, Africa's calling now. God deals with you. Then contact me. You can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906 Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Download or out. Sailing God's People for a daily podcast. Free of charge. It's over 30 sites now that you can download our free app, Sailing God's People. Also, Go and join or register at our website, jcic.tv. Now, some of you have had some problems. Try again. All you have to have is your name and your city, and you're registered. You'll be able to ask questions and give your comments. As we use instructional videos, there for your, your admonition and for your furnishing unto every good work for the ministry as well as a, see, a, a streaming live stream every Sunday at 2 p.m. there at uh, 2 p.m. and our Sunday service will be a live stream. And that will be, you will be able to be live with me there at 2, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, USA, there in the various nations. And of course, we understand there's time differentials and each time zone. But it'll be 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, USA. You can also message me there, jcic.tv. If you feel to donate, 
for us to reach these ministers that are crying out for us to come. We've been going since 2012 to Africa. Our last uh, trip, mission trip, was 2019. Uh, coronavirus came in. We have not done it since then, but they're crying for it. We, uh, God will, uh, God moves on you to give. You can do so and donate at uh, DennisBeard.org, our website there. Hit the donate button and uh, just scroll down. You'll see it's being uh, refurbished uh, there, redone, the DennisBeard.org. Our books will be uploaded there for your uh, e-books that you can purchase. Therefore, the work of the ministry, we use all of that for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Seven books that that uh, truly has authored. And uh, that you have a donate button that is uh, uh, there secure that you can give money to the ministry and will be used for souls there in Africa and India. I know the Lord will bless you. There also, you can message us also at our, not only DennisBeard.org, but at SealingGodsPeople.org and SealingGodsPeople.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join up with us. We're praying for everyone, every word to be presented blameless to perfect that which is lacking in each one of us. That we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord, Jesus in both spirit, soul, and body. There, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.